0: One, two, one, two, three, four. Hey y'all, it's Saba, the Southern Fried Witch today I have a really cool thing to talk about. Let's see, quick garden check-in. All of my plants are too big and desperately want to be in the ground. And uh, we have 41 degrees coming this weekend and that's not a good look. So we are waiting and it is a hard wait. However, things are starting to pick up. I'm hoping we don't have anything that cold in June. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Climate change is real, y'all. But let me talk to you about where you have caught me today. In the middle of my little witch life, where am I right now? I've been wanting to quit so many of my damn adjunct jobs that do nothing but bleed me out. And the amount of pay is almost embarrassing for those. But the busy work has kept me far away from the world of being able to podcast more and stream videos and write books. Here's the thing, I bet y'all wondered a lot, right? There's all these people out there writing fucking books and I'm a professor (laughs) and uh, I've got books. I've got lots of them that are in the middle of production. The issue is I don't have any time. I'm trying to fund a farm, I'm trying to take care of my family, and so I'm always busy. But it has occurred to me over and over that there is no way out of this thing except to like jump right off the cliff. And for me, that means that I'm going to have to believe in my work, um, my patrons, and uh, a little bit of magic, honestly. I'm really not sure how anybody could write books and also hold down a 40 hour week job. Obviously, they're not also watching a grandbaby and running a farm and running a coven. And if they are, I want to know who you are, and I want to know what sacrifice you gave. Immediately, explain to me, honey, because I'm exhausted over here. So it's really there. I'm really there. I've been thinking about it. I've been talking about it for so damn long, y'all, that I want to be this. I want to be a podcaster and a writer, and I want to walk away from the system. It has damaged me, and uh, there's a lot of hurt feelings in that, and I, I believe in myself. I believe I can do it. But I've been saying this for so long that, you know, when I was walking the other day, down through my high tunnel getting ready to put everybody in and get going and grow peppers and the miters and it suddenly hit me. And I know, you know, somebody could say this to you all day long and it wouldn't get through. I think we have to know it in our hearts. I think it has to hit us in our heart so that we can prepare ourselves to do something big. But it hit me. All this time, I thought, well, I'm gonna try to build my Patreon up in order that I can walk away from one of these jobs, and I have five, and this far, it sort of felt like two feet, you know, straddling a fence, and I'm just trying to get enough support on one side so I can jump it. Well, the thing is, is that you talk to the trees long enough, and your ancestors, and your great mama, or whoever you lean on, and they start screaming at you, and you're not listening, and then it's your fault that you don't figure out it's not going to work because I need to put all of my attention over here to make this a sustainable system. And so this will be the year and it will mean, of course, um, money trouble. It will mean worrying about whether or not I can keep the lights on. It's going to mean, as usual, in this economy and our country, worrying about whether or not I can get to the doctor. But I'm about to do it. Mm-hmm. I've always been that girl. My whole life I've been that girl. I'm a three-point shot girl. Shout out to my best friend Robin. who always told me that that was the case. I'm going to have to risk everything. And that's what I'm about to do. And just as some sort of, I guess, um, I don't know, place marker on the situation. I've set a deadline of October. I mean, come on, y'all, October, to assure that I wouldn't back out of what I'm doing. On my Patreon, I have the most beloved people. These people support my work. Most of them, if not all of them, have given me permission when I'm tired to be tired and not expected more than I could give. And I'm forever grateful. I'm overwhelmed by that kind of support. Now, I call them bat children because that's what they are to me. They are wondrous human beings that, or, and witches who want to see this, I guess, um, dream come to being. And for the most part, I've had nothing but support. And so what I did, y'all need to hold on to your hats about what I did as my landing month. And this whole thing must be complete by that date. I am doing, (laughs) I'm doing a come camp with me in this beautiful place in Alabama. Eight acres, totally private event. And I only have room for 40 people and they have to be Patreons to come. No other deal is possible. So this means I'm going to get to actually meet some of these folks who have not only supported me with money, to assure that the podcast can stay on the air, but also just love, you know, words of affirmation and belief in in the fact that this could be a thing. And I'm very excited. (laughs) Uh, I'm excited that Hatcraft Farm, the only clothing I ever want to wear again in my life, is coming, and they're going to vend there. I've invited several other people that are really important to me that you might know, but I I haven't had confirmation on them yet, so we'll wait. But this is, I can't believe I'm going to get to hug patrons in person, dance with them under the moonlight, even hold ritual with them. This is a big deal. And it's got me so excited. You know, I, I used to wonder what would happen if I met people in person, if they had an idea about who I was and Would they be disappointed? But it hasn't happened yet. (laughs) It hasn't happened yet. And I think the key to that is just being authentic all the time, you know, and uh, accepting that you are fallible and that they're going to meet a fallible human being so far. So good. So that's something that's on the horizon for me. And y'all, I couldn't be more tickled about if I were twins. I don't think it's ever too early to start thinking about Samhain Do y'all. I mean, it's the witches' season. We need to have plans, baby. There have been very few times in my life. I'm rounding it back around, you know. I'm southern. Come on, y'all. There have been very few times in my life where I've risked everything the way I'm about to. Um, but <laughs> as my friend Robin would say, that three-point shot magic juju, baby. If I just save it up and save it up and save it up, it usually works out. It does. I've gone through so many in my life. One of the best three-point shots I've ever done was in 1996. And I don't know if I've ever told y'all about that. In 1996, I was pregnant on a mountain with two kids. And I know some of y'all know some of this story. I had a 10-year-old and a 4-year-old and had my last little baby button in the oven when my partner left me high and dry, took things on the way out the door, brutalized my bank accounts, left us without anything. And uh I didn't have a lot of choices. And I remember laying there in that bed. It was a waterbed. I remember laying there and thinking I didn't want to live. I didn't know how I could do it anymore. I didn't know how I could support that many kids. And uh it was very dark. It felt like a heavy-weighted blanket, but not the good kind. It didn't bring comfort. It only brought despair. And then, you know, I, we ended up in a position where the water was cut off at the house. And we had to drink the water out of the water bed. I had to drain it and sterilize it over heat so that my children could have water. Eventually, I was so up against a wall that I had no other choices and I had to go into public housing. And that's where I had my baby. And because I'm not really good at laying down or accepting defeat, I, uh, I went back to work uh, within three weeks of having my baby. I'd had some real trauma while birthing that child and uh, had to be on crutches, but I went back to work anyway. Cleaning motel rooms for very rich men But I don't want to get lost in that. It was a very rough time. I felt very alone. And the story could go on and on. But suffice it to say that instead of lying in that bed with all that trauma in the end and all them babies, I decided to go for the three point shot. I had a GED. I hadn't been in school since the seventh grade. And I decided I was going to go to college. (laughs) I did. I decided that's what I was going to do. And that I was going to go to a big state school. Uh Uh-huh. And I've told y'all that story before. I'm going to have to skip over a lot of things because it has to do with elbow grease and uh, working three jobs and trying to still breastfeed a baby while, (laughs) while working and going to college. It's a tough story. But I do remember that phone call. Where the admissions officer told me that he couldn't um well he couldn't stay on the couch anymore. His wife had decided he had to stay on the couch until <laughs> until he let me in. She felt something for my story and uh and he did let me in. That was a three point shot. I don't reckon there are very many folk out here whose last day of true education was when they were thirteen that have entered college at thirty. With three kids and and somehow continued on. It was like once I started rolling, I couldn't stop, y'all. I had to get all those degrees as long as they were saying yes. That shot wasn't over. It wasn't. I think one of the reasons that I've been reticent in other years to take that three-point shot has had everything to do with. I mean, let's be honest here with the possibility of rejection. I mean, it's not for the faint of heart putting yourself out there like that. It really isn't. But magic has a way of creeping behind the scenes and whispering in our ears that things could be different, that things could be better somehow, or at least more worth living. And so, when I hear that call, I know something that I've learned the hard way. I know that even if we win the three-point shot, there is a cost to it. That there will be payment. And that could be hard financial times. That could be struggle. That could be even loss. It depends on how much I want it. What I'm willing to protect for it. How far I'm willing to go. Y'all, I was taking my nightly stroll right before my partner gets home. I was taking it outside in the woods again the other night. And I think that's when it really hit home to me. I was talking to my ancestors, and, and we were just deep in conversation. I don't know how you are with yours; that's how I am with mine. And I've become such close friends with some of the land spirits out here that even they piped up a little bit, had a lot to say. And I just realized, you know, it just became very clear to me that to I guess in this non-economically viable life that I've been living, however fairly sturdy. Um, will always be stressed and I will always be unhappy about the job I'm doing. And so I'm going to have to risk everything. And it's right there, you know, it's just twinkling behind that tree. You know, it's just the promise of what could be. And, uh, you know, my ancestors aren't very gentle with me all the time. Y'all excuse me, the pollen has gotten to me today. It's another price I pay as a farmer. Anyway, they're not always gentle with me. And sometimes they kind of shake me a little bit and tell me what's what. And uh, I'm out there dreaming about what I'd like to do. What I'd like my future to be. Thinking of all the possibilities and, and where it could all go. As if I were maybe 25. And that's when I got shook. I don't have time. And I don't want that to feel like a morbid thing to say it's just a truthful thing. (laughs) I don't want it to feel that way because at the end of the day, it's a gorgeous thing. It's a beautiful thing. You know, I've seen trees and I've seen plants produce their most beautiful fruit in those last years of their life. It's like suddenly all of that creative energy, all that's left wants to have its uh, grand opus. Wants to be everything it was meant to be before it's too late. And so, while we are fairly steady, if I don't turn to the left or turn to the right financially, you know, we don't hardly ever go out to eat. You know how it is. I'm sure you know how it is. Although I'm fairly steady, I'm about to unsteady this ship. <laughs> I'm going to walk on water, and if I feel miserably, if I fall on my face, well, at least I tried. So, by the end of this year, I will indeed have walked away from several of these jobs in order to put more time into living what I want to live in my last chapter, which is being an author and a podcaster and a full-time witch. It will indeed be a three-point shot. I'd love to say it's going to be the last one of my life, but I'm Aries, and you never know. (laughs) You never know, honey. (laughs) There's no telling what I might still pull off before the last day. And so I'm taking that epic leap of faith, and also I am having the Bat Children Ball. It is Patreon only, so sorry, it's very important that it be that. And it's going to be one hell of an experience. I'm very excited about it. Y'all know it's just wonderful to have listeners who really want to see you do more and are willing to do what they need to do to get you there. I feel super supported right now. Y'all know, I've told you before that broken things and broken people, when they can come back from something like that, it is way more beautiful to me than someone who never slipped or skinned their knee. And there's nothing wrong with those folks either. I certainly don't wish any hardship on anyone, but magically speaking, there is just a divine nature to that kind of soul that can push through. It's a three-point shot. You know, there was this tree. I know, y'all get so sick of me talking about trees. I bet you anything y'all are rolling your eyes. But here we go. I have an extraordinarily old pear tree. I've told y'all about this pear tree. She is working on a hundred years old and she still produces fruit. It is an anomaly. No one understands how the hell this is happening. I think, honestly, it's because I don't spray her or, honey, I don't prune her. I don't do anything. (laughs) I just love on her and sing to her and keep poison away from her. Maybe do a few rituals underneath her. I mean, maybe it's a magical thing. I'm not sure. But she is very important to me. And I always wanted another one of her. She's what's called an Alabama ugly pear. And when I say that, I mean that nobody else knows the variety. I've talked to master gardeners. I've talked to tree people. The thing is, is that I think she predates a lot of that stuff. And there's no formal name her pears can be perfect, but usually they're a little malformed and juicy and delightful, and that's why we call her the Alabama Ugly. Y'all know what that means, bat children, don't you? That means fucked up beautiful, doesn't it? Well, anyhow, I'm pretty good at propagating trees. Um, I tried to teach myself grafting. I've done about everything I could think of to try to make another pear tree of this ilk from her. And while I was successful on every other pear tree here, all the younger ones, and easily I can pull this off with a fig tree, for my Alabama ugly pear, it was just a no-go from the beginning, y'all. I wanted to leave one of her right where she stood. Well, I damn well knew that I might not get to see her bear fruit. It takes a long time for a pear tree. But I still wanted to leave one of those on the property for my grandbaby. And no matter what, I couldn't make it happen. Let me tell y'all a story. There is another tree that is not on the property, but let me tell y'all what she wants to be. She leans over my home. She drops her fruit everywhere. And she's a mulberry. And she's as old, if not older, than that pear tree. There was an 80-year-old man who came by here one time. Several years back And pulled up in the driveway Now I don't know if you know about us southerners When it comes to pulling up out here on our property And not being invited But shit can get weird real quick y'all <laughs> It could get really weird really quick Um, So you know our first inclination Is not what you would think it is We're not city southerners We're country southerners And if you pull down our driveway You better be kin so (laughs) i don't advise it it's highly dangerous and uh i walked out there ready to well do whatever i had to do to get them off my i don't know who the hell they are they're in an old farm truck and i don't recognize them they they were smart though they're from here they're from around this place and they knew not to get out of that car and i kind of looked into the window and i said can i help you and uh by the way we never get any job witnesses out here i wonder why anyway that sweet old man said uh i grew up in this house it's a very old house by the way and uh there's a mulberry tree somewhere around here and i fell in love underneath that tree and this here woman by my side is who i fell in love with and we realized we've come up in here unannounced but we didn't know any other way to do it Is there any way you would consider letting us get out and look around? And instantly, they are kin. Got it. So we had a wonderful day. They explained the uh, scorch marks on the hardwood in front of an old fireplace. I'd uncovered that fireplace. Um, I'd seen the stones of it on the outside. And one day, I just, uh, I don't know. A bee got in my bonnet, and I got a machete and handed it to my son. I said, let's party. And underneath it, there was a, a very old and very beautiful stone fireplace. But he explained, you know, that we didn't know about that fire that had happened and how him and his daddy had fought that. And we were told about everything that had to do with this old country place. Some of it I cannot talk about on the air because it's... um. Just as magical and mysterious as you would think it would be. This is where I'm going to live and die, y'all. And he took his sweetheart and they went underneath that old mulberry tree and they got him a kiss. It's about the cutest thing you've ever seen in your whole life, y'all. Well, when that old woman, um I can't tell you her name, but it is so country. When the old woman who owned this whole area out here, got very sick, and got very old. She sold it away in parcels, and somehow the line got drawn against that mulberry that had once been part of this farm. So, you know, good luck explaining boundaries to that old girl. She belongs to this farm. You know, all of her fruit drops this side of the property line, and the asshole that lives on the other side of it, y'all, He's clear-cut so much, and he is a complete ass. He really is. I've chased him before, and I've hollered at him before, and I'm willing to do more. He needs to stay on his side of the line. Anyhow, I know one day he's going to take that tree down. We all do. And while I have a couple of the male trees way on the other side of the property that are decidedly within our boundaries, hey, this is all going to matter in a minute. Hang in there. Stop squirming in your seat you know how I tell a story. Hold up. So all of those old trees that are over there, the, the males, they just put on flowers. They're not going to put on fruit. So I'd been waiting and wishing and hoping that one day a bird would poop something out and I would end up with a mulberry tree this side of the property. If I grew it from seed, it'd take too damn long. You don't know what kind of, uh, is it going to be male or female coming out of that? You don't have any idea. I didn't want to buy another mulberry tree. I wanted it to be from her. I tried to propagate her too. Nothing worked out. So I have a mulberry tree I desperately want and a pear tree that I cannot propagate. And they are about mm, 125 yards away from each other the beginning of the pandemic, I was walking around that old pear tree and there was a limb coming out of her that didn't look like anything else. And I followed it all the way down to the ground. Then I looked back up and that's when I realized it. It was a mulberry tree. A squirrel, a bird, probably a bird, had deposited something from that big gorgeous mac daddy, you know, mulberry over on that dying pair. And she is done. Everybody says so. And every year <laughs> she has held on. Cause she had something magical to do, y'all. She had a three point shot to do, y'all. She wasn't done yet. So I warned my partner, I said, Hey, don't touch this thing. Nobody cut it down. It's a mulberry. And, you know, left to its druthers, it's going to get huge. I mean, the one that's by my house is at least 50 foot in the air. It's going to get beautiful. And the first year that she let go and made little flowers, I could tell they were female. Oh, my goodness. My heart. Well, I'll tell you how to end up in an argument with me around here. And that is if you hurt a tree, even if it's by accident. So my partner wanted to build something and and needed something to cover old equipment that he had out there. And instead of attaching it to the pear tree, one of those long bungee cords, he attached it to this mulberry, young mulberry. And it split that mulberry's trunk in half. And when I found it, well, let's say I'm still not quite over it. I may love him, but I tell you what, that one went down in the, in the books. I'm, I'm uh, pretty salty about that when I think about it still. And so it was brought up that we should probably just cut it down. That it probably couldn't live through what had happened to it. And I fought, of course, like I always will, to the end to see what it can do. I always want to know. Can some sweet soul do that three-point shot? And so, I unhooked all that nonsense from it, pulled it back together the best I could, and he helped me prop it back up because it no longer had stability. And uh, we kind of prayed, you know what I mean? We prayed to the tree, prayed to the gods, but there was no need in all that. Because that pear tree, that pear tree had already decided that she was going to protect it. Since that date, well, I've never seen her throw out new branches as old as she is. She threw out new branches right next to her and wrapped them around this mulberry tree to hold it up. And there's a horrible split that goes a good three feet down on this mulberry tree. And she is flourishing. She is ever so much beautiful for that wound. And between the two of them, that mulberry and that pear... That's a hell of a three-point shot, y'all. One's old, one's broken. I can't wait to see what happens next. (laughs) Because that's magic, baby. Oh, and before I get off this, I've told y'all before, and I put it up on my Instagram today, y'all. I'm not really good at Instagram. I I don't rightly know what I'm doing. Y'all have patience with this old witch, but I put up pictures of uh, a female... Flower and a male flower, and the fruit and the tree, that old tree I'm talking about. Y'all go look at that over on that Insta. Anyhow, mulberry trees are one of the very few that can change their gender. Mm-hmm. If there are not enough of one, say, not enough uh, females on the property, they can switch gender altogether as a tree. 100%. Just gender fluid, baby. Or they can (laughs) become both. They can add in limbs that are whatever gender that they need. And that's a three-point shot, too. I just want y'all to think about that for a minute. Born in the wrong body. Born in the wrong, we can call it wrong, but just it didn't fit. You know what I mean? Look down, I can't wear this. What the hell? I can't wear this. Those trees and a lot of my friends. Well, they knew what they had to do to become whole and to be alive. So to every one of my trans friends out there, I just wanted to throw out a a shout out for you today. May the force be with y'all, honey. This old witch loves every one of you. All right, I better get out of here. My house is a wreck and I've got a coven student coming and I got stuff I need to be seeding and I haven't fed the rabbits yet. I'll do my shout outs for Patreon next week. Blessed be. I'm out of here. Y'all have been listening to the Southern Fried Witch Podcast. Come back around next week for a little bit more magic from the Deep South.